The Veritas Radio Network is guaranteed the right to offend, annoy, agitate, shout heresy, and entertain. You should start programming right now. Kind of like the cultural sewage served up on Bravo or CMT, only it's on 24 hours a day, except Sundays. When the truth gets you angry and you throw your smartphone, remember, no one is forcing you to listen to the truth on the Veritas Radio Network. You can't handle the truth. You're doing that of your own free will. That's what makes this country great and any gay marriage pointless. That's offensive. So there isn't much you can do about it, Chowderhead. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Grab a book, take a vow, and conform your mind to reality. Otherwise, you're just another Judas-inspired Karl Marx wannabe. And your children will steal your credit card number to buy tickets to the Miley Cyrus Twerkers Ball. I came in like a Are you ready? Let's get it on. On the Veritas Radio Network's Crusade. Sophia Podenis, classroom and chat room here on the 6th of December. <laughs> 2017. We will be discussing Dahomey Lecture number 30 tonight, which is in the final stretch. Tonight will be 30, next week will be 31, and then uh, brother will play alma mater for us, and we'll all graduate. And then we'll figure out what we'll do in 2018. If you'd like to join our uh, classroom, chat room, you can do so free of charge. Don't cost nothing. Simply go to mikechurch.com and at the top of my homepage, click on the Catholicism link and then or menu uh, uh, option and then click on Philosophy of Podenis and it'll be the top option, the home and a classroom and chat room. About halfway down the page, you'll see the link for the chat room. Click in there. You don't have to be a member or anything. Just choose yourself a username, and you're in the chat. We are now joined live by Brother Andre Marie, who will be our instructor tonight from the St. Benedict Center, live from Richmond, New Hampshire. Brother, it's actually 41 degrees down here in southeast Louisiana, New Orleans. That massive cold front has made its way down here to us. Uh, how are you, and uh, is it polar winter yet in New Hampshire? I'm well, and we are, I think, in the 40s today, too. We've, we've, we've had freezing, we've had snow, but today was fairly mild. How do you like that? How incredible. 
But 41 in New Orleans, <laughs> that's what my, my grandmother from New Orleans would call bitter cold. <laughs> and you would go over by your grandma and them and go make some groceries into bitter cold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's getting bitter cold. It's going to get down in the 30s tonight, even chillier tomorrow. We actually have a little snowflake on our weather forecast for Friday morning, believe it or not. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, so uh, um, a little blast of winter here in the deep south, right down old in Dixie here. Brother uh, Fr- uh, brother Francis picks up uh, where he left off last week in Dahomey uh, election number 29. He picked right up with his, uh, prima, um, his prima discussion, I think it's question number 69 or 62. So we're, we're – He's no, it's question number. Okay, let me um, let me get the exact page up. Okay, so we're in the first part. It's the prima pars of the summa. Prima, prima pars. pars, um, and we're on question sixty-two. 62. We're on um, we're on rather uh, yeah, article um, question sixty-two, article four. Sorry, drew a blank. Question 62, Article 4. Right, because we made and, Article 1, 2, and 3 last week. So if you miss yeah, we, if you miss, if you miss 1, 2, and 3, don't stress, don't panic. If you're listening to this live tonight uh, for the first time, maybe, it's on my website at MikeChurch.com in the same place I just sent you for the chat room. Uh, lecture number 29 is there, and we discussed that in its entirety. We went through the, uh, the uh, all three of Brother Francis's, uh, the three questions that he went into. So we'll just kind of pick up where we left off last week. Yeah, that's what I think would be the best thing. Um, so we can start. I think the way the method that we used last week, I think, was good. If we go, um, if we go into the, um, if I if I sort of set each one up give a little introduction, and then we just go through the said contra and the respondeo of each one. And then if at the end we have time, we can go back to the um, to the objections and the replies to the objections. Okay. That's not, so that's, uh, I think that worked last week. What do you think, Mike? I think it worked well. Uh, maybe you could throw the, uh, as we uh, start our discussion, you could throw the links back up into the room from last week. So everyone is on the uh, the uh, the same page. But you can find any part of the SUMA that you're looking for. It's it's out there readily available. Newadvent.org okay, yeah. is a great place to go. They have the entire SUMA, very well translated. Newadvent.org. That's, yeah. that's where yeah, Brother Sinners New, New last right. slash SUMA. Um, and um, so so I just threw up the link in the chat room, which I just got into because I forgot how to do that. Um, I forgot uh, to, to get into the chat room first. <laughs> so here we are. I've got the link, and here we go. The question then is this. Um, whether an angel merits his beatitude... So what's the what's what does this question even mean? So beatitude, of course, is is the happiness of heavenly glory. It's the happiness of seeing God in the face, entering into the beatific vision. So the question is: is d- does a, an angel just get this by its very nature? Um, is it, it you know we know that the angel isn't quote, born that way, he, in the sense of being in the beatific vision. We talked about that last week, right? Um, so, but now the question is, is the angel's beatitude in heaven 
a subject of its of merit? Does it have to merit it? So um, the uh, he says clearly, yes, it is. Now the 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 said contra is very strangely stated uh, because he takes a fairly obscure text on the apocalypse as his proof. It is stated in the apocalypse that the measure of the angel in that heavenly Jerusalem is the measure of a man. Therefore, the same is the case with the angel, meaning just as for our own salvation, our own beatitude as men, it's the subject of merit, so too with angels is it the subject of merit. And he's arguing that this text from from Apocalypse or the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 17, proves that. Now, his respondeo is, is, is actually longer than normal respondeo. It's four paragraphs, one of which is beefy. Perfect beatitude is natural only to God. That You can stop right there and, 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 and hone in on that. Perfect beatitude. What's beatitude? It's perfect happiness. Perfect, but it's perfect happiness, but the highest possible happiness. And when you say perfect, you mean it's utterly uninterrupted, and there's absolutely no fear of loss. It can't be lost. It can't even be losable. You can't even think that you might one day lose it. It has to be everlasting. It has to be constant to be perfect. So perfect beatitude is natural only to God. It isn't natural to any other creature, okay? Because existence and beatitude are one and the same thing in him. Hopefully that's clear. These are the kind of things that you can't take for granted. You might say, well, hurry up, Thomas, get to the answer. He's giving you the answer because he's building up to it. Perfect beatitude is natural only to God because existence and beatitude are one and the same in him. So, for God to exist is to have beatitude. To exist is to have perfect happiness, perfect bliss, perfect contentedness. Beatitude, however, is not of the nature of the creature, but is its end. So it's not something natural to us, but it's something towards which we are oriented as our end. Now, everything attains its last end by its operation. Again, he's, he's laying down principles these are all principles which will lead him to get the answer. Everything attains its last end by its operation. That's why we have operations. That's why we have functions. That's why we have all these potencies into, in us that we can put to act. Huh? How, what, what, are, what are our operations? Well, it, it's, it's, the, it's the acts of the intellect and the acts of the will. These are the operations of a man. The operations of an angel are the same. Acts of its of its uh, rational, uh, not rational, but acts of its of its intuitive intellect, and of its free will. Such operation leading to the end is either productive of the end, when such an end is not beyond the power of the agent working for the end, as the healing art is productive of health, or else it is deserving of the end. When such end is beyond the capacity of the agent striving to attain it, wherefore it is looked for from another's bestowing. And I think everybody should see where he's going here, because he's obviously leading to God bestowing it by grace, right? So he's saying that if if the agent if 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 the achieving of the end is within the the grasp of the agent itself as health 
is the end of the healing art, then then it then uh, our striving, our merit produces that end. But if we're dependent upon some outside agent, some outside uh, uh, being bestowing it upon us, then merit has the character of not strictly attaining it, but uh, obtaining a reward. So he's making an interesting distinction here. Hopefully everybody's following the, 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 this distinction. Um, when it's not beyond the power of the agent working for the end, then it, uh, it actually um, it produces the end. The merit produces the end. But when it is beyond the, the intrinsic power of the agent, then it, it doesn't produce it, but it gets it by way of a reward. Uh, wherefore, it is looked for from another's bestowing. Now, it is evident from what has gone before, ultimate beatitude exceeds both angelic and human nature. Now, he begins this saying that perfect beatitude is natural only to God. So, since it's natural only to God, then it is not natural to, to man and is not natural to angels. So, it exceeds both the angelic and the human nature. It remains, then, that both man and angel merited their beatitude. Uh, so how do we merit it? Because it's within our power to attain that end, like health is within the power of the healing arts. No, it's it's merited as a it's bestowed as a reward by God. Now I can just see some evangelical Protestants saying, "Yeah, but it's it's a uh, it's it's not by the works of the law. It's by grace." Mm-hmm. Well, this is what Saint Thomas is saying precisely. <laughs> right. Our human merit doesn't do diddly to use the technical theological term, without grace. Grace empowers our nature to merit. So you can't say, you got to get out of your head this idea that merit and grace are contrary terms. That's not true. Gratuitous grace, the the completely unmerited grace of God, once it's bestowed upon man, lifts man's capacities up so that now he can merit. He can merit glory. He can merit beatitude. That's not saying that man of his own powers can get beatitude. No, it's saying that we're radically dependent, radically and absolutely dependent upon grace. Okay, so as the angel was created in grace, without uh, uh, without which there is no merit— there would be no difficulty in saying that he merited beatitude. So, so what is okay? So the principle of merit is is grace, both for man and for angel. The principle of merit is grace. Yes, it takes the exercise of one's intellect and free will, but grace has to empower the intellect and the free will to be able to operate at the supernatural level that it takes to merit beatitude, okay, because it's not within our capacity naturally, not for angels, not for men. So, since since that's the principle of merit, since grace is the principle of merit, there's no difficulty in saying that we can merit beatitude if we're given the grace. So, if one were to say that he had grace in any way before he had glory. So, grace stands midway between nature and glory. This is one, St. Thomas is later going to insist on this point. Grace stands midway between grace, between um, nature and glory. Our nature cannot achieve glory, our nature cannot achieve beatitudes, uh, 
except through grace. And the same is true for angels. But once we have grace, then beatitude becomes a subject of our own merit. And this is why when, when um, uh, in the parable um, of the talents, our Lord says that uh, when the Father greets the man coming into heaven, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. Thou hast done well in little things, I will, I will give you more. So th- there's, a, there's a bestowing of more based upon what we do with the grace we're given. This is this is faith, and you see this so clearly in Saint Thomas. If if people had if Martin Luther had appreciated what Saint Thomas said about grace, you, we wouldn't have had the Protestant revolt. It wouldn't have happened, because because it's so clear, uh, it's so lucid, and it makes such sense, and it's so um, so much fits in with what the gospel says and and the epistles say. Uh, if you only insist that we can't merit heaven because it's not natural to our to, to the to human nature, you're and you omit the capacity that our nature has under grace, then you're going to reject what the Bible itself says about merit. So what St. Thomas says here is very, very biblical. All right, let's move along. But if he had no grace before entering upon beatitude, it would then have to be said that he had beatitude without merit, even as we have grace. So we have grace without merit. Grace is given freely. Uh, This, however, is quite foreign to the idea of beatitude, which conveys the notion of an end and is the reward of virtue, even as the philosopher says. Um, So... Uh, we can't have beatitude without merit because beatitude has the quality of an end. Now, he's quoting, he's quoting the philosopher, he's quoting Aristotle, and you might say, well, what the heck does Aristotle have to say about going to heaven? <laughs> well, Aristotle doesn't say much about how to, how to, he doesn't say how to get into the beatific vision, but he can generically speak about beatitude, that a, a, achieving man's ultimate happiness is something that is the the reward of virtue. Remember, this is contrary to what the Stoics said. The Stoics said that virtue is its own reward. Aristotle's eudaimonistic ethics tell us that happiness is the reward of virtue. Virtue itself isn't a reward, but virtue gets us a reward, and that reward is is beatitude, it's happiness. So that observation that Aristotle makes on the natural plane has a supernatural application in heaven. Okay, so continuing on, so 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 the principle that Saint Thomas is using here is that beatitude is is this is something that's merited. Okay, uh, it is an end that has to be merited, or else it will have to be said, as some others have maintained, that the angels merit beatitude by their present ministrations while in beatitude. Now that's stupid. This is quite contrary, again, to the notion of merit, since merit conveys the idea of a means to an end, while what is already in its end cannot, properly be speaking, be moved to such an end. Okay, hopefully this isn't, uh, this is like the snake chasing his tail here. <laughs> so they're saying, well, the, the, the angels merit their end in heaven now by doing good works that God gives to them, so they're meriting their end. No, they, they've achieved the end. That's the, it's contrary to the notion of an end. And so no one merits to produce what he already enjoys, or else it will have to be said that one and the same act 
of turning to God, so far as it comes from the free will, is meritorious, and so far it as it attains the end is the fruition of beatitude. Even this view would not stand because free will is not the sufficient cause of merit. And consequently, okay, so here's where he shows you the importance of grace. Free will is not the sufficient cause of merit. And consequently, an act cannot be meritorious as coming from free will, except insofar as it is informed by grace. But it cannot at the same time be informed by imperfect grace, which is the principle of meriting, and by perfect grace, which is the principle of enjoying. Hence, it does not appear to be possible for anyone to enjoy beatitude and at the same time to merit it. Consequently, it is better to say that the angel had grace ere he was admitted to beatitude. I don't know why they chose to translate that before he was admitted to beatitude. And that by such grace he merited beatitude. Let me, let me repeat the sentence. Consequently, it is better to say that the angel had grace before he had, was admitted to beatitude. And that by such grace he merited beatitude. When, when St. Thomas, by the way, is talking about imperfect grace and perfect grace, elsewhere it's called um, um, consummated grace, that perfect grace is glory. I mean, that, that's the actual achieving of the end. Um, so, um, just, to, just, to, just to recap here, even for the angels, grace is the principle of merit for beatitude. Uh, they ha- but 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 beatitude itself has the nature of an end, and it has the nature of an end which has to be merited. Now you, you can all of the objections of of the of the Protestant reformers are going to be well Jesus merited it all on the cross we don't have to do anything. Then if that's true, then then literally faith is the only thing that's necessary, and it doesn't matter. You can sin 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 sin. Virtue literally doesn't matter. And every time Saint Paul or Saint James or Saint John or anybody says you have to love God, you have to do good, you have to avoid sin, um, uh, uh, you can't be a sodomite because you forfeit your salvation. They're lying. <laughs> they're all lying because all because Jesus did it all, and you don't have to do anything. Okay, that's absurd. Well, that, that argument is, is popular, absurd. though, brother. That argument is popular. Of course it's popular. But as, Why as wouldn't I, it as be? I made, I've made the argument that a lot of ink was wasted in the New Testament on constant admonitions to avoiding sin, uh, confessing guilt, doing good, of, of uh, 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 doing good works, um, uh, practicing Christian virtues— uh, admonitions by the apostles, basically telling people, you, you know, the, this category. Make sure you're not in these categories of people because these kind of people go to hell, like sodomites, right. effeminates. The categories that he gives in his letter to the Romans, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's one. He has three such passages, uh, but 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 you know, like murderers. No murderer will achieve the kingdom of heaven. Well, I mean, uh, that that's a problem if you're if you're a Christian and you murdered somebody. You know what happens? You know, so that heaven is something we merit, but we merit it by grace. And 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 it's and it, it's not. These things are not contrary. We have to cooperate with God. So, okay, so hopefully we're good on that Article 4. Um, now, do we, I, I'm not keeping my eye on the chat room. Do we have any questions so far? Uh, no, no questions thus far. But, uh, no questions. Just to, but, just to reiterate, in, um, in St. Thomas's uh, I Answer That, he, uh, we're kind of extrapolating some things to apply to us or to hominate about man. 
uh, in St. Thomas's discussion of, and in his discussion and his, his his question line here is specifically about angels, right? Yeah, he's talking about angels here. Okay. So, and we're extrapolating and getting some things out that we can apply to Dahomey. Oh yeah, I mean, um, uh, my my good friend um, uh, Robert Hickson, uh, who's a uh, who's a bit of a Renaissance man, um, he he constantly says this principle of scholastic uh, inquiry: uh, contrast clarifies the mind. He says this <laughs> over and over again. Um, contrast clarifies the man, the mind. So, what does this mean? How does this apply here? If we can, if we can um, do a sort of a compare contrast between ourselves and the angels, we can come to some very interesting um, observations. Mm. It gives us clarity. It gives us. So, if you can, so a lot of these arguments are sort of a fortiori. Like, in other words, you know, if an angel needs grace to go to heaven. Well, obviously we do too, right? Our fortiori, but even stronger argument, right? You think that the angels are so much better than we are, but but even their nature, as much as it's higher than our nature, uh, it, it's not natural to any creature to have beatitude, as Saint Thomas says. Uh, beatitude is natural only to God, and he lays that down as an absolute principle. So, th- so this is th- this is where it's ha- handy to be studying about the angels because we can learn a lot about ourselves too. Um, okay, even though we're no angels. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we pass on to Article Five, if that's good. Yes. If anyone has any questions, just pop them in the uh, the room, and I don't see any in there, brother. So I think. Uh, we, so look, if you if you Mike and everybody else listening and in the chat room, if you get nothing else out of this out of this class tonight, remember this: grace is the principle of merit. Without grace, you cannot merit beatitude. With grace, you can merit beatitude. And of course, beatitude, as Saint Thomas says, is an end. Be- beatitude is an end. Is an yes. end. Beatitude bears the character of an end, and an end is something that you work for, huh? And again, even even and the work here that we do is not work that we do independent of God. It's work done that is quite literally, absolutely, radically dependent upon God, and that's why we can say with great confidence that grace is the principle of merit. And, and, and Christ's passion is, is the meritorious cause of all this stuff. So Christ's passion itself is what, is what merited grace. Um, so that's, that's where the necessity of, of, of the passion enters in. So yes, Jesus did merit it all on the cross. Absolutely. Absolutely. Without that, we wouldn't have grace. Without that, we wouldn't have the principle of merit. Okay. Um, Article 5, whether the angel obtained beatitude immediately after one act of merit. So, again, we're skipping the uh, objections and the replies, and we're going straight to the said contra and the respondeo. On the contrary, man's soul um, and an angel are ordained alike for beatitude. Consequently, equality with angels is promised to the saints— now, the soul separated from the body, if it has merit deserving of beatitude, enters at once into beatitude, unless there be some obstacle. Therefore, so does an angel. 
Now, an angel instantly, in his first act of charity, had the merit of beatitude. Therefore, since there was no obstacle within him, he passed at once into beatitude by only one meritorious act. So it's by one. So Saint Thomas's conclusion is that by only one meritorious act, the angels um, entered into beatitude. So th- this is one of this is one of the most disturbing questions to people about the angels. You know, they think, gee, how is it that how how is it that the good angels could could be saved just by doing good once, and the and the bad angels be damned just by doing bad once? That has to do with the nature of an angel. And he's same time is going to touch on that here. Okay, I answer that the angel was beatified instantly after the first act of charity, whereby he merited beatitude. The reason whereof is because grace perfects nature. Listen to this, according to its mode. Wait, wait, sorry, I skipped a line, rats. Grace perfects nature according to the manner of the nature, as every perfection is received in the subject capable of perfection according to its mode. What does that mean? Okay, so there's a principle of scholastic philosophy which is um, that the thing received is received in the mode of the recipient, okay? <laughs> this is why if I attempt to teach my um, high school freshman, um, you know, Greek, <laughs> and they don't know Greek, if I, if I start a lecture in Greek, which, I'm, by the way, I'm incapable of doing, but if I were to start a lecture in Greek, they couldn't receive the, they would receive it in the mode of the recipient, which is to say that they wouldn't receive it quite well. Um, if if I were to teach them um, from the Summa, if I were to teach them scholastic uh, uh, theology, and they didn't have the necessary formation to understand these concepts, uh, they wouldn't be they would be grasping very very little. It's received in the mode, the thing received is received in the mode of the recipient. So the recipient has to have some capacities for receiving this thing. And this is why, you know, God gives us grace and then gives us more grace and then gives us more and more grace. A lot of it has to do with our being bad recipients. Um, so, you know, practicing virtues like especially trust and openness and and being willing to trust God, for instance, this makes us better more, better receptors of grace. Um, and this is the difference between uh, the saints and and the rest of us slobs down here, is that we're not such good recipients. Whereas somebody like a Saint Therese was such a wonderful recipient of grace because she was utterly utterly uh, transparent, and and uh, and completely um, docile and supple to God's action in her soul. So the thing received is received in the mode of the recipient. And that's what he's saying here in um, not so many words when he says um, that grace perfects nature according to the manner of the nature as every perfection is received and the subject capable of perfection according to its mode. Now, in its pro- now it is proper to the angelic nature to receive its natural perfection not by passing from one stage to another, but to have it at once naturally, 
as was shown above. So he's talked about this earlier when he's talking about the nature of, of angels. But as the angel is of its nature inclined to natural perfection, so he is by merit inclined to glory. So for, for angels, it's it, going from an intermediate stage to a to going from one intermediate stage to a progressively greater intermediate stage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to his final stage of perfection. That's not what the angels do. That's what we do. Their, the, the, their mode of reception is that they're perfected immediately in their nature and by virtue of merit, the principle of which is grace— they achieve their beatitude immediately by one act. I hope I'm not losing people here. But as the angel is of his nature inclined to a natural perfection, so he is by merit inclined to glory. Hence, instantly after merit, the angel secured beatitude. Now, the merit of beatitude in an angel and a man alike can be from merely one act. Because man merits beatitude by every act informed by charity. Hence it remains that an angel was beatified straight away after one act of charity. Now one now a man could do the same thing. A man could be uh, equipped for heaven by one act of charity if at that point he dies, right? Um, and there are no, as St. Thomas earlier says, obstacles, which I believe he's hinting at the, the, the doctrine of purgatory. He doesn't want to go on a long explanation about that. But um, but for an angel, he's absolutely fixed in his perfection by one act of charity. Um, so, Mike, do you want to go back and go through the, um, the objections and the replies to objections, or do we have questions? No questions that I see, but I would like to say uh, this is Dahomene, lecture number 30 out of 31, here live on the Crusade Channel, King Size Truth from Radio Size Speakers. And uh, I would like to invite all of you to listen to episode number 105 of Reconquest, which follows immediately after this uh, broadcast ends at about 6.55 in about uh, 20 minutes or so tonight. Brother, what's on episode number 105? One to the zero to the five. <laughs> uh, 105 <laughs> is called A Counter-Revolution for Christ the King. And my guest is uh, Mr. Braden N. Plyler um, of an organization called The Counter-Revolution. Um, he, has, he has a great web page. Um, he's writing some intelligent articles, and you will not believe this, but I actually interviewed an 18-year-old kid. He's 18? He's, he's, he's 18 years old. What's Braden? What's his name? Braden Plyler, and um, I, yeah, it's called a Counter Revolution for Christ the King. I started reading things this guy was saying. It's like, wow, this guy's pretty bright. And I contacted him. <laughs> Turns out he's 18 years old, and they've got like 600 people involved in this thing called the Counter the Counter Revolution. I've read it. I read him. Uh, and uh, he's he's got some he's got some good stuff. Th these are these are young men, mostly under 25, who are. Um, these guys are, um, th they're what the alt-right should be. <laughs> and in uh. fact, a lot of these guys are guys that, w that either were or would be alt-right because they were, they were looking for something like real conservatism that was young, that was, that was, that was virile, that was, you know, not, not, you know, mainstream re Republican, I mean, capital R Republican, not, you know, not your, your, your normal sort of 
generic Anglo-American conservatism, which conserves nothing. They they were looking for something that was genuine tradition and all that. So, and and most of them are converts, as Braden himself is. He's from North Carolina. He lives in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Wow. So, uh, least Catholic state in the Union, in case you didn't know, North Carolina. Uh, brother, we do have a question. Uh, Josh Will wants to know, brother, does this flow from the angel's ability to intuit? The angel's ability to intuit rather than to reason such as a man. That's a fantastic question. And I would say, well, it's not so much that it flows from it as is it flows from the same principle that that flows from. The principle is that angels don't reach their perfection by going from one step to the next step to the next step to the next step. For them, it's absolutely immediate. And this is the way that this is the way that they um, use their intellect as well. They see truth directly and immediately. Not they don't. When we reason, this is why we have to be careful. We we say that angels have an intellect and a free will. We don't say that they're rational. Okay, which is not to say that they are irrational. By the way, okay, they're not irrational. They're 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 super rational. That they 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 have they have the ability to intuit, because whether we're reasoning inductively or deductively, we're going from point to point. They don't have to go from point to point and reason uh, like that. So um, they they need no discursive reasoning as as humans do. For us, discursive reasoning is our perfection. We have that over the animals. But the angels have something higher, and that is they intuit truth directly. And because they have that same capacity of intuiting truth directly, it, it comes from the same thing in their nature, which is that they, re, re, they, they achieve their perfection immediately and not in stages. That's one of the things that differentiates the pure spirit, the angel, from the, 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 this, this hylomorphic thing, this, this com- combination of body and soul that is the human. It is man. Brother, I picked up on something, in, uh, something that St. Thomas wrote. Uh, the reason whereof is because grace perfects nature according to the manner of the nature. As every perfection is received in the subject, capable of perfection according to its mode. Sounds to me like the alleged philosopher Karl Marx took St. Thomas, inverted it, made it secular, but that phrase is eerily reminiscent, is it not? Uh, from each according to his need, for, or to each according to his ability. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, every philosopher has some conception of there being some kind of an order. Right. Uh, um, I mean, few few philosophers, I think, are utterly committed to chaos. <laughs> so that they have so, some. So they have some principle of the synthesis of of of, of reality, um, and that's what. Uh, yeah. So Marxist is yeah really messed up. But yeah, it's sort of he turns all this stuff on its head. He did turn it on its head. But but I mean, if you think about that thing, what 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 is the thing received is received in the mode of the recipient. I mean, you can't you know I I can say certain words out loud in the presence of the dog and and he and he somehow knows what I mean. You know, if I say come, he comes and things like that. You know, sit, he sits. Okay, but I can't I can't read t- from the Summa out loud to Huon and have him understand it. I mean, he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that mode to receive that thing. 
um, you know, uh, sculptors and artists and artisans and all, they know that the, the, the different materials that they use, whether it be, you know, clay or, 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 or wood or marble or whatever, different kinds of metal, they all have different modes of receiving what's done to them. Um, you know, certain things are more malleable. Certain things have a greater tinsel strength, great, you know, greater flexibility, whatever. The thing received is received in the mode of the recipient. Um, you know, if you if you uh, uh, you you can't make uh, you can't make a snowman with water unless <laughs> the water happens to be frozen, right? The th- the th- it, it, it's not ready to receive that form of a snowman unless it's frozen. So, so I'm trying to break this this idea down that the thing received is received in the mode of the recipient. You can't carve water, okay? Right. You can carve wood. You can carve marble. Some kind of wood you can't carve. It's too hard, okay? Some kind of wood it, it it's it's too soft, and if you try to make a certain kind of carving with it, it'll just fall apart because it it can't it doesn't have the strength to 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 hold itself up once it's carved. So this is the, this is the, every artisan who works with some kind of material in order to craft his product uh, or his art is going to tell you this. You know, the certain kinds of the canvas has to be prepared in order to receive the paint, doesn't right? it? So, uh, uh, but art, art metaphors are great for this kind of thing. Um, you you have to be you have to be uh, the, the athlete has to warm up his muscles before he starts putting them into all these things. You cannot receive, you know, a sick body cannot receive wholesome food. You know, it might be, be sick. If you have a weak stomach, you know, you put healthy, good, robust food into it, it might reject it because it's sick, so it can't receive that healthy stuff. So the thing received is received in the mode of the recipient. Angels receive grace differently than we do. Okay. For them, they received it once. They either cooperated with it by an act of charity, and boom, they got it. They got in. Do not pass go. Uh, do not go to purgatory. You're <laughs> headed straight for beatitude. Or, uh, um, uh, you know, go to the hot place because you messed up. You're one chance. You're one chance. And again, it's not like there's some div- cosmic injustice because we have multiple chances. It has to do with the mode of the recipient. The angelic nature is on, is fixed. It, at- it achieves its perfection immediately. Fascinating. So, brothers, is it fair to say then that Frosty the Snowman was water stuck in a snowman's body? <laughs> He, this he, is something we could ponder for a very he just, long time. He just he 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 always knew that he needed to transition, so it wasn't really a bad thing when he melted. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right, all right. I'm getting off um, the subject here. Um, it's philosophy of Potenius live classroom and chat room. I uh, sick of tense of humor, notwithstanding here. Dahomene lecture number thirty as what we were discussing tonight. If you missed any of the previous twenty nine lectures, they are all all available at my website at mikechurch.com under the menu item Catholicism submenu Philosophia Perennis. Uh, if you find one item that you want to listen to, uh, the easiest thing to do would be my suggestion would be to sign up, get an RSS reader, and just sign up for that RSS feed. And then let the feed populate with episodes number one through twenty nine, and then listen to them in succession. And you could go back to the beginning. 
there is at this time no charge for that. It is free service, and you can find it again on my website at mikechurch.com. Okay, brother, we have 13 minutes left to get into article number six, where whether the angels... Well, actually, we're just going to do four and five, Mike. Oh, okay, so we're uh, just so... here. Okay. Yeah, so why don't we go back to the objections in article four? Okay. So, so um, objection one. It would seem that the angel did not merit his beatitude, for merit arises from the difficulty of the meritorious act, but the angel experienced no difficulty in acting rightly. Therefore, righteous action was not meritorious for him. So how does he answer that? The angel's difficulty of working righteously does not come from any contrariety or hindrance of natural powers, but from the fact that the good work is beyond his natural capacity. Okay, that's a pretty good answer. In other words, there, there's a there's a there's a, a reward to merit, and the and the merit we get the merit because there's something difficult entailed. So there's something that has to be in a sense earned, but earning that thing is above the natural movement of an angel. It's above the natural capacity of, of an angel. Um, but there's nothing contrary, uh, there's nothing in his natural capacities that hinders this, except for the fact that those natural capacities simply don't have it in them. It's beyond his natural capacities. So there is a difficulty in attaining it. There's a difficulty in attaining beatitude because it's simply above the capacity of the angel. But once he's given that capacity, he then uh, can 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 merit beatitude. Okay? Um Objection two. Further, we do not merit by merely natural operations, but it was quite natural for the angel to turn to God, therefore he did not thereby merit beatitude. Okay. The reply, an angel did not merit beatitude by natural movement towards God, but by the movement of charity which comes from grace. Okay, again, grace is the principle of merit. It wasn't easy for the angel, and it wasn't natural to the angel to move towards God. Sure, he can move towards God uh, by knowing God in as much as the angelic nature is capable of knowing God without grace. The human nature is capable of knowing God without grace, too, in as much as we can know that he exists, we can know that he is good, we can know that he is one, we can, there are certain things that we can know about God, naturally speaking. But the kind of motion towards God that's being discussed here is something which is above our nature and is above the nature of an angel. So it's not, it wasn't easy for the angel to move towards God by a natural motion, not in the sense of moving towards God so as to achieve his beatitude. Okay, that's the, that's the reply. And he says that he, he, the answer to the third objection is buried in, in, in the text, Itself, He already responded to it in his I answer that. So let's go through the third objection. Further, if a beatified angel merited his beatitude, he did so either before he had it or else afterwards. But if he was not, but if it was not before, because in the opinion of many, he had no grace before whereby to merit it, uh, nor did he merit it afterwards, because thus he would be meriting it now, which is clearly false, because in that case, a lower angel could by meriting, rise up to the rank of a higher, and the distinct degrees of grace would not be permanent, which is not admissible. Consequently, the angel did not merit his beatitude. Okay, so that the second part of that objection, 
which is that he didn't merit it afterwards because then he'd be meriting now and basically a lower angel can become a higher angel. That's absolutely correct. He's he's absolutely right. He actually means that. That's true. Um, an angel can't merit now a higher place in heaven once he's there. He has his end. His merit has been rewarded, and he's fixed at that level now. But the first part of the objection is all messed up. Further, if a beatified angel merited his beatitude, he did so either before he had it or else afterwards. But it was not before, because in the opinion of many, he had no grace before whereby to merit it. Well, he's... He, he actually rejects that. He answers that in the respondio, which is to say that, yeah, the angels did have grace. They did have grace. They were given grace, and grace for them stood in this middle place between nature and, and the glory, or nature and beatitude. All right, so we answered all those objections, and now we move on to the objections that are in Article 5. And again, Article 5 is a different question. It's whether the angel obtained beatitude immediately after one act of merit. Okay. So again, we have three objections. It would seem that the angel did not possess beatitude instantly after one act of merit. For it is more difficult for a man to do well than for an angel. But man is not rewarded at once after one act of merit. Therefore, neither was the angel. so here's the reply. Man was not intended to secure his ultimate perfection at once, like the angel. Remember, the thing received is received in the mode of the recipient. Okay? Uh, uh, th- th- this is in the mode, the angelic mode is different than the human mode. Man's not intended re- to receive his ultimate perfection at once. Angels are. Hence, a longer way was assigned to man than to the angel for securing beatitude. Okay, the reply, objection two. Further, an angel could act at once and in an instant from the very onset, outset rather, of his creation. For even natural bodies begin to be moved in the very instant of their creation. And if the movement of a body could be instantaneous, like operations of mind and will, it would have uh, movement in the first instant of its generation. Consequently, if the angel merited beatitude by one act of his will, he merited it in the first instant of his creation. And so, if their beatitude was not retarded, then the angels were in beatitude in the first instant. So, his his reply to this is going to involve time, and how angels are not in time. Let's Let's listen to this. Okay. The angel is above the time of corporeal things. Hence, the various instants regarding the angels, are not to be taken except as reckoning the succession of their acts. What does that mean? <laughs> okay. Uh, it's not talking about... Before. Angels don't experience time as we do, uh, as before and after. They, they experience what's called a eternity, which is, which is something that stands between time and eternity. They, angels have operations, and they, and they do things, they do acts according to those operations that the angels have. And you can only speak of before and after in an angel in terms of before this act, then that act, then that act, okay? Okay. So that's what he's saying right there. The angel is above time of corporeal things, hence the various instants... It's not an instant of time. The various instants regarding the angels are not to be taken except as reckoning the succession of their acts. Now, their act which merited beatitude could not 
be in them simultaneously with the act of beatitude, which is fruition. In other words, the fructifying, the the, the attaining of the fruit. Huh? Uh, beatitude is fruition, since the one belonging, since the one belongs to imperfect grace and the other to consummate grace. Consequently, it remains for different instants to be conceived in one of these, in one of which the angel merited beatitude. And, and the other which he was beatified. So the angel was created, then was given the test, um, and he and, and the good angels instantly merited and instantly were beatified. You know, we have this picture of the angels just sort of hanging out in heaven for some time, you know. They've got, you know, St. Michael's out waiting with his armor on, you know, uh, sort of guard, guarding God and waiting, guarding God's throne and waiting for something bad to happen. And then Lucifer, you know, after, you know, gazillions of eons decides to rebel. That's not how it works. It was instant with their creation. They were created perfect. They were perfected beings. They didn't, they're not like us. They weren't gestated and born and, you know, reared and educated and going from a less perfect stage to a more perfect stage of their nature. No. For them, they were created in their natural perfection. Boom. In one instant. Bam. And, and given grace, given the choice, and they were either blessed or damned. One or the other. It was all instant. And and for us, this, this is completely foreign. But, but again, what's, what's received is received in the mode of the recipient. For angels, their perfection is instantaneous. For us, it's not. We have to go from one stage to the other, to the other, to the other. Um, so this is why, I mean, you can see, given this, why it, why it was not unjust that the demons who fell, fell instantly and had no other chance. Um, okay, it's just proper to them. I mean, the, the, we have the dis, we have the advantage of another chance. We have the disadvantage that to be perfected, it takes a longer time. <clears throat> okay, um, three minutes, brother. Three minutes. Yeah, I, I, so I think we got it. We that was the answer to objection three, right? Yes. Are there any questions in the chat room? I did, 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 do not see any. No, I don't think so. Does it, does anybody in the chat room? Have a question. Otherwise, I don't know. I mean, again, the takeaways for tonight, ladies and gentlemen, are we have to have uh, a clear grasp of the fact that that grace stands midway between nature and beatitude. That is the same for an angel as it is for a man. Without grace, we cannot achieve beatitude. With grace, we can merit beatitude, and as St. Thomas argues, beatitude bears the character of an end, and the end is something that is achieved by merit. But the merit here, in the case of the angel and in the case of man, the merit here is not a merit that's, that's entirely contained within the angelic or the human nature itself. In other words, it's not my natural merit, and it's not the natural merit of an angel. It's the it's the act of it's the merit of a man or an angel acting under the influence of grace, cooperating with grace, because grace is the principle of merit. I think we could probably just do a an entire show on grace being the principle of merit. <laughs> 
and uh, fleshing that out ex and explaining it. Brother, we have just, uh, just a little over a minute. I want to remind everyone that you want to stay tuned when Philosophia Perennis is concluded because you most certainly want to catch the brand new episode of Reconquest, episode number 105. That will air in uh, just under five minutes right here on the Crusade Channel. And, of course, that means if you're a new listener, you have 104 episodes worth of catching up to do. So get busy. Go to, Cru <laughs> go to crusadechannel.com tonight, sign up and become a Founders Pass member, and uh, you'll have access to all of those episodes. If you need a comprehensive list of who was on each episode, who the guests were, what the air date was, all that, it's all cataloged on Brother's site, reconquest.net. So about 30 seconds to wrap up. We uh, can anticipate then we'll get to Dahomey Lecture number 31 next week, which will conclude the series. And then uh, we can play, uh, I'll, I'll find us a nice instrumental copy of Alma Mater. And, uh, brother, you can give us all our, you can throw all our, uh, tell us when to throw our tassels to the other side of our heads. And <laughs> we can throw our hats in the air and graduate, and then uh, we'll move on to 2018. That about uh, concludes our episode of Dehominate tonight. Brother, thank you. Thank you, Mike. And thanks for all of you who listened and who participated in the chat room. It's Mike Church saying so long. May God bless you and Mary keep you. Reconquest is next. <laughs> <laughs>